Lord, um, 20 years ago yesterday, we, uh, we as a nation, were rocked. Lord, our security was, uh, was exposed. Lord, the, uh, the hearts of, of God's people were stirred. Lord, and, and we all found ourselves back in the place where we belong. Lord, and the people that we belong with. And God, it was a, a time for us to search ourselves and to truly wonder um, whether or not we believe. And God, here we are 20 years later and we, we ask the same questions, Lord, as we look to a world that is not our home. We, we, we pray, God, would you give us faith? Or would you give us faith to, to follow you even when we can't see where you're leading? To trust in you even when we don't know uh, what's up ahead in our lives? God, we know that you gave us this gospel of John for one reason, that we would believe and so, Lord, we pray this morning that you would keep us focused on that. That we would focus not on our fears or on the, the things of this world, but that we would focus on faith and believing in you. So, God, our, our hands are open, and, and we want to receive from you what you would have for us today by your Holy Spirit. We know that your word and spirit are inseparable. And so, God, as we open up the scripture this morning, we pray that you would speak to us. Keep us attentive to you. Lord, that we would listen diligently for you. God, that we might leave this place today and go back into a world of darkness filled with the light of Jesus Christ and all God's people sin. Amen, amen. So turn with me if you would. We're at John's Gospel, chapter 20. 20, Brian ushered us into Easter Sunday last Sunday. Thank you, Brian. And, uh, and now we're reading chapter 20, verses 19 to 31 as we kind of get a sequel of, uh, of Easter, Easter Sunday. So let's listen now to God's word. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that by believing you may have life in his name. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. So this week I've been thinking a lot about posture. Uh, by that I mean, how do you carry yourself throughout your week? I was in Iowa last weekend for my grandpa's funeral. Grandpa lived to be 92 years old. And one of the memories I have of grandpa early on in his life was his posture. He was a, a get up early, shirt iron, stand tall kind of guy. And I remember as a young child, he would occasionally put his hands up on my shoulders and he'd say, straighten up. Our posture matters, right? It's one of the, it's one of the first things that we're, we're taught in, in places like the military. You know, no one thinks of a, a soldier with, with slouch, right? Soldiers, they, they carry their shoulders back. They keep their chin up. They, they walk with authority. Some of you are already standing tall. I can see it. You know, we're taught this because our posture, um, it communicates something. If you sit at a table in a business meeting and you carry yourself with an open posture, it communicates confidence and likability. But if you cross your arms and you hunch your back, you're probably perceived as timid or defensive. And we're taught this, right? We're taught this because our posture makes a difference in the room. But now that I've got you thinking, here's what I want us to talk about. I want us to focus less on the way that we carry our shoulders. Let's set that to the side for a minute. And instead, I want us to talk about how we carry our faith. What does it mean to carry your life with a Christian posture? You know, we just opened up to this sort of ongoing crescendo in John's gospel. As I said, this is like a, a concentrated Easter Sunday. But something's off. The, the risen Christ, he's found his closest followers locked behind closed doors. And there's a reason. God's word tells us that it was, it was evening. And that the disciples were taken back by this posture, not of faith, but of fear. And for good reason, right? They were firsthand witnesses of Jesus' arrest by this mob. He was tortured. He was mocked. He was forced to carry his own instrument of execution through the streets. And every disciple in that room knew they were probably next. They were the next to fall into this gruesome, agonizing, humiliating kind of death. And nightfall is coming. And so they huddled up for fear of the outside world. You know, when it comes to how we carry ourselves, I think we could probably find all sorts of postures throughout our day, right? Most of the time, if we're honest, our posture is determined less by our faith and probably more by the circumstances we're walking through. Jen and I went on a, a date night Tuesday night. We had two hours, two hours before we needed to be back home for the babysitter. And so we walked into this restaurant and the, the hostess said to us, it'll be a 10 minute wait. I'm like, that is great. Put us down for two. She said, Done. She started to pencil us in and then she looked up. She said, you know what? Actually, the more I think about it, it's going to be 30 or 40 minutes. I was like, 30 or 40 minutes. I said, okay, that could, that could work. Then she hesitated again. She, she looked up from her desk. She said, oh, probably, I don't know, it might be more like 45 to an hour. I thought, what in the world? This girl doesn't want us to eat here. I looked around at the restaurant. It's half empty, right? These are the times we're living in. And I said, so, so we're looking at a wait of like 15 minutes all the way to the hour. Somewhere in that range? She said, no, it's probably closer to the, the hour. And I kid you not, she said, if you want, you can go down the street and see if there's more availability elsewhere. We ended up in Livingston. But you can imagine my posture in that moment, right? 
Think about your week. What postures do you carry throughout your day? You know, we carry on our shoulders all sorts of different postures. And it seems to me that they ebb and flow based on what's going on around us. Maybe it's a posture of stress. Maybe it's a posture of worry or frustration. Maybe it's contempt, anger, defeat, laziness. But I want to show you this. When it comes to our faith, Jesus had something far different in mind. He talks about a posture that goes far beyond the the changing winds or tides of our day. Look at this in verse 19. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Sit with that for a minute. Uh, We can't miss the power of this moment, right? The risen Lord, the, the bodily resurrected Christ walks through these doors that have been locked in order to keep the world out. And as only Jesus can do, as his presence alone fills that room, the posture of his disciples change. Look at this close with me. If you have your Bibles or up on the screens, we're told he stood among them. He didn't walk to the side of the disciples. He didn't stand in front of them or apart from them outside knocking on the door. He walks right into the midst of their trauma, steps into the midst of their tears and their panic and their hiding. And the risen Christ now challenges the countenance of every disciple in that room. Straighten your shoulders. Peace be with you. In Hebrew, the words are shalom alechem. It was a common greeting in Jesus' day. You would have heard it many times before, but there's nothing common about this moment. See, because this time the words come with victory. In Greek, the words are erene humen. In fact, if you translate that literally, it means to sit down with something in your heart. Sit down with it in your heart. To be without trouble or worry. When you think about your your postures that you carry throughout your week, the the place that you live from, maybe the place that you lead from, how you hold your shoulders throughout the day, what would the risen Lord say to you? See, Jesus walks into this scene of hopelessness and these closest followers of Christ, they've already forgotten. They were terrified, right? He's gone, they're curled up, hunched over. And you would think Jesus would let them have, this, have it in this moment, right? He was known for saying things like, you of little faith. But he doesn't. This is what I love about God's grace, right? He doesn't chastise them for locking the doors. He doesn't rebuke them in this moment or point out their fear. Of all the things Jesus could do, the first thing out the gate, he gives them peace. And this isn't some kind of lip service, right? This isn't therapy to make you feel better in the the moment. This is not a cultural greeting because our lesson tells us, this is the next part, Jesus proved his words. Look at this in verse 20. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Almost as if to say, it's finished, brothers, it's done. Whatever it is that's in your heart, whatever's troubling you right now, whatever it is that has you anxious or upset or worried or angry, peace be yours. And watch how the room changes. Look at this. Keep going with me. When they saw the Lord, they were glad, overjoyed, overwhelmed. See, the posture of every individual in that room now changes Jesus said, look, look at my hands, look at my side. This is now your reality. I love how one scholar said it. He said it like this. He said, if the resurrection of Jesus actually happened, if this moment with the disciples is really true, then think about this with me. Nothing else matters. 
for the Christian, our, our posture in life now is peace. You might be suffering from illness or, or conflict. Maybe you're going through depression or, or injury. You might even be faced with death. The posture of every follower of Christ, the way by which we carry our shoulders, is now shalom, erene, peace. In fact, Jesus is so emphatic about this. Look at this. He says it a second time in verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. And now we find that this peace isn't just for us. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. See, our posture communicates something. The, the place that we lead from leads others to Jesus. When you carry yourself with peace, someone is bound to notice. Someone's going to ask, what's different about you? You ever been in like a crisis or a, a tragedy and there was that one individual who for whatever reason just carried themselves with like a non-anxious presence? You ever seen that? Where it's almost as if nothing is going to shake their faith. What happens to everyone around them? Go back to that scene in 9-11. Maybe you've watched some of those videos this week. You know, that person of peace, they automatically become a leader. They're the one guiding everybody else where they need to go. I was on a rafting trip once with a group of friends and we hit this barbed wire fence line that had been pulled across the stream and it had the this green stakes in it and everything. It shouldn't have been there. And uh, the, the, the fence was so sharp, it stuck into our, uh, our guide's leg and threw him out of the raft. And in that moment, all these college kids, we're all panicking, right? We're like, what do we do? People are screaming back and forth. There's waterfalls coming up ahead. And my roommate, who's always this wise sage, he was always like the last one to speak in the room. He just confidently says, hey, we're all right. Let's just paddle backwards. It's a novel idea. And guess what all the terrified kids in the raft did? We christened our new captain and we began rowing again. See, if you have the peace of Christ in you, that, that peace is a contagious peace. It's a ascending kind of peace. And when we carry ourselves with that posture as God's people, we bring a message. We bring a witness of his resurrection. See, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. You ever heard of the name Polycarp? Anybody ever heard of that name? Polycarp was a pastor to a place called Smyrna in, in uh, about AD 160. This is modern day Turkey. And Polycarp, by church tradition, was actually probably mentored by John, the one who wrote this gospel. So this is pretty early on. And the story of Polycarp is that the, the emperor of Rome was persecuting Christians right and left, right, at this time. And as propaganda, they had called the Christians atheists because to follow Jesus would be to remove yourself from following any Roman gods. And so these followers of Christ, these atheists, were being brought forward one at a time before the proconsul, and they were given two options. You can denounce your faith, or we're going to send you to the lions or burn you at the stake. Of course, the ringleader of the atheists, at least in this place of Smyrna, was Polycarp. So all of Polycarp's friends knew he was in trouble. There was one day where uh, church tradition says that uh, there were crowds cheering, away with the atheists, we want Polycarp. They tried to convince him to run away and saved himself, but he wouldn't have it. And in fact, the history books say that they, they finally found this man on the outskirts of town. And to his captors, he made them dinner, befriended them. They let him pray in his house for two hours before taking him back. But soon the inevitable was coming. The proconsul came before him. He told him the same thing. You deny your faith or accept the consequences. This was his reply. Let's look at this on the screens. 86 years, he said, I've been his servant, and he's done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? 
See, Polycarp had a posture of peace, right? It didn't matter what was going on around him, the threats of the day. It didn't matter if his environment was changing or circumstances had went awry. For Polycarp, there was no other posture worth living or dying for. And I've always wondered when I hear those stories, maybe you have too, like how is it that a man facing wild beasts or flames stands in the peace of Christ like that? How do you get to that place to live that kind of shalom? These are anxious times we're living in. Look at this in verse 22. I want you to see this. This is, I think this is our answer. And when Jesus said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. See, not only does the risen Christ bring the gift of peace, not only does he prove this peace by his hands and his side, now he exhales in the disciples and with one breath, they have the Holy Spirit. And from that point on, they will never be alone again. Those are Jesus' words at the end of Matthew. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You ever notice that every time God breathes, he gives life? You ever seen that? Look at this in Genesis 2, verse 5. You've heard this one before. When no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain yet, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils life. Look at this in Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel says, and he brought me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me around among them and behold, there were many in the surface of the valley. They were dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over the bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. See, and now Jesus is standing in the midst of his disciples. They're defeated, they're scared, they're lonely, and with one breath comes not just life, but now new life. Receive the Holy Spirit, he says. See, it seems to me we, we probably don't trust or follow or lean into the Holy Spirit enough in our lives. You know, we're called to this posture of peace, and yet we know we haven't attained it, we haven't mastered it. But maybe this morning we have this encouragement, right? To throw your shoulders back again. Really ask this with me. What kind of posture have others seen in you this week? Has it been a posture of peace? You know, in the walls of our house, we have these two frames side by side. The first one says, it is well. And then right underneath it is the next part of the sentence, with my soul. And I love that I walk by those frames every morning, right? Because they force me to ask the question, Ryan, do you believe that? Do you believe that to be true, that it is well with your soul? Or maybe even right now you're thinking, I haven't had peace lately. I don't know what that posture looks like. I've been anxious. Maybe you've been wounded. I feel like the world is against me. Maybe, maybe it's that God's left you in the dark and the sun's going down. But here's the thing, right? The Christian doesn't stay there. They can't stay there. That's not our posture. See, the resurrection, the, the risen Lord, he doesn't do locked doors. He doesn't do fear. He doesn't do victim. He does peace. Jesus has already been banging the drum all the way to the cross. Look at this. You'll remember this from John 14 at the Last Supper. Remember what he said? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
soon after that in John 16. He said, I've said these things to you that in me you might have peace in a world with tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome that world. See, our posture communicates something, right? It communicates something to our children. It communicates something to our, our neighbors, our friends, those who don't even know of Jesus. You may have heard the, the story of little four-year-old Bethany. I love this story. Bethany was terrified of thunderstorms. And one night, just before bed, she could see this, just this gigantic storm brewing outside her window. The lightning was flashing and the, the winds were crashing the trees into the house. And just as her parents were putting her to bed, all the lights began to flicker. And Bethany was scared. So her mom said, well, why don't we pray about it? Listen to how Bethany prayed. She said, dear God, I hope it doesn't thunder anymore. And I don't want the lights to go out. But I've thought it over and you can do whatever you want because you're in charge. In Jesus' name, amen. What does it mean to carry your life with that kind of posture? You know, it's one thing for us to speak of our faith. It's, it's one thing for us to talk about Jesus. It's, it's something entirely different to lean into it, to live it, to truly play, pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You probably noticed that one of the disciples wasn't there that night. We haven't talked about him yet. Thomas missed the moment entirely, right? So the disciples, they come and they tell him all about it. They said, we've seen the Lord, this is real. But Thomas wasn't having it. You can see him kind of with his arms crossed and his one foot out. He said, unless I see the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Remember, Jesus has already done that show and tell, right? He's already shown himself in that regard to the disciples. But here's God's grace yet again. It's eight days later. The disciples are gathered this time with Thomas. Same room, same locked doors. And Jesus comes to Thomas now a third time with the exact same greeting. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be yours. Christ told Thomas, he said, put your finger in my hand, put your hand in my side. And in that moment, Thomas' entire life changes. His posture goes from skeptic to peace. My Lord and my God, he said. Jesus said, you believe because you saw. Greater are those who will believe and didn't see. What's your posture looking like these days? See, John wrote his gospel, I'll say it again, for one clear and specific purpose. We've been saying it over and over again now for 10 months. And now, now we get to the crescendo of the whole story. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, our lesson says, which are not written in this book. But these are written. This story is given that you may believe that Jesus is Christ and that by believing you may have life, breath, life in his name. I think the question for the disciples, the question for Thomas, the same question for us is do you believe? Do you believe that you might have life in his name? Let's ask God for that peace this week. Will you pray with me? God, we just confess those moments of disbelief, Lord, those, those skeptic moments like Thomas. Lord, where we can see the whole situation playing out in front of us, but for some reason, we can't put our eyes on you. Lord, we confess those times where if we haven't, we certainly would love to lock the doors and hide for the fear of the outside world. 
God, you have told us that we will face trials and tribulations. So Lord, this morning we return to you. We pray that you would give us a posture of peace. God, that others would see us standing in a way in our lives that they would notice something different about us. Lord, that you would be glorified through it. So God, we pray, take our anxieties, our fear, our, our struggles. And Lord, we pray, give us that, that enduring posture, that Christian posture in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.